sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades for the sharpest edges ever hauled. Gillette Cavalcade of Sports is on the air. From Yankee Stadium in New York, Gillette presents the World Series. Good afternoon, baseball fans everywhere. This is Gene Kelly with Mel Allen and Al Hilbert greeting you for the Gillette Safety Razor Company as the Philadelphia Phillies and New York Yankees get ready for their third game in this 1950 championship classic. Fans for the tops in sports, tune in Gillette's Cavalcade of Sports the year round. Every Friday night, Gillette broadcasts the major boxing bout of the week for the Fistic Fancy Coast to Coast. Also, as they occur, leading events of turf, diamond, and gridiron are aired for Gillette fans everywhere. This broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication rebroadcast or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the Commissioner is prohibited. For the third day running, the Yankees have won two one-run classics. Rashi, the victor over Constanti. Yesterday, Reynolds winning over Robin Roberts. We have crisp autumn weather. The sun came out strongest at about noon today, New York time. But it appears as though we're not going to have any trouble at all with the weather for the rest of the afternoon. It's a typical New York Yankee classic. For the Yankees, of course, have come through 17 times to appear in World Series classics. The Bills are two down. How many teams in the past, two down, to the defending world champions particularly, have come through to go on and win in titanic fashion? Only one. Across the river from Yankee Stadium at the famed Polo Grounds, the New York Gi Giants did it in 1921. That year, it was a best five of nine World Series. And such famous names as Art Neff, Wade Hoyt, Jeff Barnes, Paul Mays, Bill Douglas, and Bob Shockey, along with the late Jack Pickus Quinn, participated in banner pitching classics. The Bills know they're down. And so today, skipper Eddie Sawyer, who was brought up in the richest of Yankee traditions as an organization man before having been selected as the pilot of the downtrodden Bills, has gone to a veteran left-hander. The gray-thatched southpaw, Ken Heinzelman, 35 years of age, who surprised one and all, and possibly himself most of all, in 1949 by having won 17 games. This season, 75% of the time, his team has not given him many runs to work on. As a matter of fact, his earned run average is less than four per game. He has won but three. He has lost nine. And of all the games he has started, only four have been complete successes. He has gone the distance, that is, four times. His three wins came twice over Cincinnati, once in relief, the evening when young Bubba Church was slammed under the left eye on a line drive by Ted Kozuski of the Cincinnati Reds, and then most recently in the final week of the season against the Boston Braves when he won out 12-4. to He is what ball players refer to in the profession as a dark cross, a fellow with a quick movement, not tremendous speed, soft stuff, a sneaky fastball. And as a matter of fact, uh, his left-handed opponent today for the New York Yankees, New York-born Ed Lopez, who started Major League career with the Chicago White Sox, is the same type hurler. It is the general feeling among press and radio row and the baseball wiseacres that if there is to be a hitting explosion, it should occur today. Heinzelman was looked upon as a possible surprise starter when the season began, or at least when the series began. Uh, Stengel has gone along playing strict form. He hasn't had to play anything else. Or uh, you can't second-guess a home run. The home run by the immortal Joe DiMaggio yesterday, which defeated Roberts of the Bills by a score of 2-1. to one. So that he began with Rashi, 
countered with Reynolds. And now, two to the good. He doesn't exactly have to gamble with a fellow who won 18 games and lost eight in the 1950 season, Ed Lopat. Tomorrow, he is scheduled to start his uh, wonderful rookie, Ed Ford, who won nine and lost one during this past season. Whereas today, win or lose, Sawyer's choice is just as it was prior to the game. He didn't make the official announcement until one hour ago. It was to have been either the veteran uh, Heinzelman, who would just as leave uh, shoot ducks in his hometown of Peruse, Missouri, as play ball, although he loves both of them equally, he tells me, or Bob Miller, the uh, recruit up from Class B, Terre Haute. So it is the veteran left-hander, Heinzelman, against almost the equal, equally experienced uh, Ed Lopat. Now, uh, there you are for percentage sake. The uh, one team that has come from behind, two down. So uh, that now the Yankees are odds-on favorites. If not to sweep the series in four straight, then certainly uh, possibly to keep the series in New York without a move back to Philadelphia. Fans, the nationwide membership drive being conducted by the Crusade for Freedom ends the 16th of October, not far off. This great campaign to help lift the Iron Curtain everywhere has as its goal the signature of every American. As you know, the Crusade for Freedom was organized by private citizens under the leadership of General Lucius D. Clay of Berlin Airlift fame and is endorsed by the White House and State Department. Membership in the Freedom Crusade involves signing the Declaration of Freedom and giving all possible support to Radio Free Europe, which supplements the voice of America. Join the Freedom Crusade in your hometown or write to Crusade for Freedom Empire State Building, New York. In the background, perhaps you can uh, hear, if your ears are cocked close to your uh, loudspeakers, the fact that uh, 30 of the 50 Yankee and Phil's players eligible for the 1950 World Series are graduates of the American Legion Junior Baseball Program. Here today as the guest of the Major Leagues is Captain Bill Irwin Post, number 3317 from Oakland, California, which has won the National American Legion Junior Baseball Championship for the past two years. A bit of irony there for coming to the Major Leagues to take over as the skipper of the World Championship New York Yankees uh, two seasons ago was Casey Stengel, who had piloted a veteran Oakland team to a championship. And the methods he used on the Pacific Coast League champions are those that he brought here to the Yankee Stadium in New York. Now, the physical setup of this ballpark is entirely different uh, than that we had at Shy Park. Down the right field line, it is 296 feet away for home run territory. Down the left field line, 301 feet. The barriers here are not high. In dead right and dead left, you scale uh, a small concrete and chicken wire fence of approximately uh, four to five feet. In other words, uh, it isn't a matter at all of the height of the flight of the ball as it sallies out there, a home run bound. But as the uh, park tapers off to the terrace, left center, dead center, and right center, the fence grows higher. In some sections, it is as high as uh, 10 in uh, left center deep, close to the 461-foot mark, where the monuments of uh, the late uh, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and uh, the great manager, Miller Huggins of the New York Yankees, stand. Then there is a wire fence that goes up about 25 feet. Very rarely have home runs been hit there. The Bambino did it a couple of times, as did Luke Eric. Jimmy Fox of the Championship Athletics in the early 30s and late 20s did it as well. But most of the home runs are hit to dead right and dead left. There is uh, more ample territory for the outfielders to cover. As a matter of fact, the Yankees have predicted that uh, the left fielder, Sisler, who has had no experience at all in this mammoth ballpark, is going to have a bit of difficulty in fielding out there. For there is always, it seems, always a crosswind blowing in from left and out from right. 
in just a moment, uh, as the players are assembled, the Phils in their traveling pearl gray and red uniforms along the third baseline, the familiar Yankee Spangles are white with uh, blue stripes, the umpires at the plate, and I believe we're going to have again the 30 seconds of silent prayer to give uh, thankfulness of uh, living in this great country of ours to be followed by the national anthem. So uh, we are going to pause approximately 30 seconds to join in the silent prayer. sung and led by soprano Lucy Monroe. Now for starting lineups in this third game, a pivotal contest. For the Phillies, Eddie Wakeus, first base. Richie Ashburn, center field. Willie Jones will bat third and play third. Uh, Sawyer is going to a semi-platoon today against the left-handed Lopat. Ennis will bat fourth and play right field, Del Ennis. Dick Sisler will bat fifth and play left field. Granville Hamner will bat sixth and play shortstop. Andy Semenik, who is still favoring his bat ankle, will bat seventh and catch. Rookie Mike Goliath will bat eighth and play second base. And the pitcher Heintzelman, H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N, his first World Series appearance, his record for 1950, three wins, nine setbacks. For the New York Yankees, leading off and playing shortstop, Phil Rizzuto. Batting second and playing second base, Jerry Coleman. Batting third and playing uh, and catching, Yogi Berra. Batting fourth and playing center field, Joe DiMaggio. 
Batting fifth and playing left field, here is the platoon for Stengel, Hank Bauer. Batting sixth and playing first base, Johnny Mars. Batting seventh and playing third base, right-handed batting, Billy Johnson. Batting eighth and playing right field in his first World Series appearance this season, Cliff Mapes. And the pitcher is Lopat, 18 and 8. Now, 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. <clears throat> the umpires are switched around, uh, moving uh, clockwise as the series progresses. And uh, we will have Dusty Bogus calling balls and strikes. Charlie Berry at first base, Jocko Conlon at second base, and Bill McGowan at third, with the line umpires Al Barlick of the National League and Bill McKinley of the American League. So, in a moment, the struggle is about to get underway. The crowd is almost at capacity. At least 60,000 were certain. The Yankees trot out onto the field. And uh, led by them, well, Joe DiMaggio, his ninth World Series. And there's only one thing that Joe has on our confrere here today, Mel Allen. He's got one more series than Mel. So here's the gentleman that's going to give you the play-by-play word from Upper New York City, the Bronx, the Bombers. Mel Allen and his eighth World Series. Melvin? And as we get ready to move into the final four and a half innings of the third game of the World Series, it's my pleasure and privilege to introduce my colleague, who today is celebrating two things, broadcasting a World Series and his 32nd birthday. Mmm, you're a young man. Thanks, Pop. Kenny Heinzelman to the motion, throwing the batter, Billy Johnson, who uh, struck out, swinging on a curveball for the third out back in the second inning. And it's low and away, ball one. Johnson batting right-handed. The pitch, this curve is in there for call strike one. One ball, one strike. I'm the kind of fellow, Allen, that makes you feel like a grandpa, I know. I hear you, Mr. Kelly. <laughs> one and one. Pitching. Low outside, slow curve. Ball two. Both uh, left-handers today have whisked very good hooks in there. Low pat seems a bit quicker than Heinzelman. But uh, the veteran left-hander of the Phillies has done a fine job despite being behind now. One or nothing. Now the 2-1 pitch. Swinging. A ground ball. Throw third. A sweet stop by Willie Jones. Up with it. Over to first. In time. Jones came up with the best infield play of the day by going well to his own left on a ball that seemed base hit bound toward the hole between short and third and speared it with his glove hand whipping over to first in time to retire fairly fast runner one away here's Cliff Mates left-handed batter and the first curve is low ball one Ken Heinzelman working on the mound on Mapes who pulls the ball tremendously when he meets it toward right is played that way right now one and oh two pumps by Heinzelman he delivers outside and low ball two slow curve Two ball, no strike count on Cliff Mates. He popped out high, very high, to first baseman Wakers of the Phillies in his first trip up. 0 for 1. 2 nothing pitch. Strike one called. He crossed him up with uh, what we've been referring to as a sneaky fastball, throwing it tight near the fifth. 2 and 1. One guy, nobody on. Blast of the fifth. Score Yankees 1, the Phillies nothing. No more than one run has separated these teams all the way in three games. A pitch swinging and missing for strike two. That was a uh, kind of a speedy pitch with a wrinkle on it, breaking away from Mates that time on the outside corner. Big strapping left-handed swinger. Two and two. On deck, the pitcher, Ed Lopat. The pitch, way outside and all, to run it full. Three and two. Heinzelman began by running the uh, 
count. Very deep. He passed Rizzuto and Berra. Both of them in the first inning and then walked Filligan in the third. Now he's behind again. The swing pitch. There's a ball lofted to short left field. Sisla moving in. Flexed down the glasses. Moves under. Reaches up and grabs it for the putout. That's all for Cliff Mace. The crowd in left field is on Sisler. He has not done a thing, as you know, with a stick moving into this third game of the series. And, of course, uh, he was the hero of the Sunday Climax. Now the crowd again will cheer for Ed Lopez. Stocky, blonde left-hander, born in New York, and now lives in Arkansas. Swings left-handed. He's over one. Was called out on strikes in the third inning. Heinzelman's curve is taken by Lopat outside. Ball one. One ball, no strike. Slender southpaw in the motion. Delivers. A swing, and there's a line drive toward right center field. In there for a base hit. Moving over to field the ball is Richie Ashburn. And Lopat is on with a third Yankee hit. Coming with two out in the last of the fifth inning. That was a well-tagged single. Over the head of the second baseman, Michael. He had to short right center. Now, Scooter Rizzuto. His lack of height has paid off for the Pepper Pot shortstop today. He has been walked twice, and each time, the count on him when he was passed was three and nothing. A single to right center now. Lopat on at first base. Third Yankee hit. The pitch to Rizzuto, batting right-handed, is high and wide for the short shortstop. Ball one. Heinzelman has given up three walks and two to Phil. He pitches, and Phil swings. Uppercuts the ball to the third row of seats upstairs. Yankee Stadium, as you know, is triple deck. It's a beautiful ballpark designed especially for the national pastime. One-on-one on Rizzuto. New ball in play by umpire Bogus. Calling balls and strikes. Heinzelman stretches, delivers. There's a bunt to the uh, left of the plate, and then Bogus calls it foul. Semenik is protesting that uh, Rizzuto ran into his own bunted ball. And there's a three-way conference along with umpire Vargas, created by Jones from third, the pitcher Heinzelman and Catch Yosemite. It goes as foul strike two. Vargas saying that he immediately called it foul, bouncing off the left of the plate and then moving toward the right. Draw the count on Phil, one and two. Score one to nothing. The New York Yankees over the Phillies. Yankees home for the first time in the series now. Low Pat with a warm-up jacket leading off first. Uh, not too close to guard by Wakefield, the first sacker. The stretch by Hanselman, the pitch. He swings. There's a super to second, and Goliath under grabs for the put out. He hit it off the handle, and the crowd for a moment got themselves a throw. Uh, since uh, Phil took a very healthy cut. But it was an off-the-handle blooper right to the second baseman, Mike Oliat, for the third out. So, in the Yankee half of the fifth inning, no runs, a single to right center by pitcher Eddie Lopat. The Yankees' third hit. No errors by the Phillies, and Lopat left on. Five inning totals. New York, one run, three hits, no errors, three left. The Phillies, no runs, four hits, one error, and a very costly one at that. Four men left on. I've noted here today that the uh, crowd has been a bit more demonstrative. Of course, it's sizable. There must be easily 60,000 backing the Yankee Stadium stands. Uh, the Phils, of course, so hungry for 35 years for their first pennant since uh, 1915, naturally had a very partisan audience down in the city of Brotherly Love. The Phils are down for the third straight time. They have never held the lead in any of the games. And their first offensive offering here in the top of the sixth inning 
is going to be the toehead, Ricky Ashburn, who has played very well in the field and has done well enough with a stick except in this game. Lopat's wide sweeping hooks, his roundhouses, his down-breaking dippers have caught Ashburn paralyzed twice, making him swing and a miss for strike three on a curve in the first, and he took a fastball, crossing him up in the third. 0 for 2 is Ricky. Has a choke grip on the bat, well up on the stick, batting left-handed. Lopat motion, throws. A fastball wide of the plate, ball one. Eddie came down, more or less crossfire that time, moving to his own left. Ashburn to be followed by Puttenhead Jones and Dell Ennis. Infielder Johnson at third, very shallow. Lopat throws, and he half swings and gets a foul. Zipped off the handle of his bat to the left of the plate and behind. Ball one, strike one. Top of the six. Time running out on the Phillies, who have not found the answer to producing the cluster. For that matter, neither team has. No more than one run scored at any one time in any one inning. One ball, one strike to Ashburn. The left-hander delivers. He swings and cuts a high pop foul out of play behind the plate. And just missing the screen to our left. Our position for calling this play-by-play on Gillette's Cavalcade of Sports, Camilla, myself, and Al Helfer, is perfect. We are right smack dab behind the plate. Not too high, not too low. Just shallow enough so that none of the action out on the field escapes us. One ball, two strikes. Lopat ready, throws. Ashburn swings as a high foul fly, moving to the stands in short right field, out of play. Some 15 or 16 rows into the box. The left fielder has no foul territory at all to play to speak of. In other words, most balls hit to the territory allowed would be handled either to the outracing shortstop or third baseman. Left and right are pretty flush for the gardeners out there. Again, ready for one and two. The pitch by Lopat. He swings and misses. He struck him out. Now, there's an oddity. During the 1950 season, Ashburn never struck out as many as three times in one game. And so he does it for the first time in 1950 in the third World Series contest. That's the third time Lopat has nabbed him on strikes, and that he's fourth strikeout victim. He got him on a curve and a dandy. One down. Willie Jones, one for two. Single through the hole to left field, back in the third inning. Batting right-handed. Takes inside on a cross-up fastball. Ball one. With a hit and run on with Wakus at first base in the first inning, Jones dribbled out. Lopat to Mize. And then single to left with two gone in the third. Now one away, one and oh. Strike one call. That thing looked like a sailor. It seemed to rise up a bit and then fall plump into the mid of Tachiyoki Berra. One and one. One ball, one strike. One gone, nobody on. Fills top of the sixth. Score Yankees one, Phillies nothing. Pitch, a swing and a foul right to the Yankee dugout. Now, during regular season play, I suppose the Yankees would bring out the white cherry towel. This is kind of a grim affair for both teams. The money is on the line. The proficiency, four out of seven. The first to prove. And the Yankees, of course, two games up. Now one and two count on Jonesy. North Carolinian from Laurel Hill. Lopat in the motion. Fires. Jones swings. A chopping, zipping ground ball foul along the third base side of the diamond. And a fan reaches over from one of the boxes. Well, he had a little effort, not having uh, taken his physical training lately, I surmise. He finally picked it up for a souvenir. 
Lopak uses this moment now to rub up the ball a little bit, go to the horizon, marshal his own physical forces, for he is well ahead. He is one man down, and the count on a long ball hitter, Jones, one and two. Now ready. Lefty Lopak getting the sign from Dara. Stocky catch here in the rocking chair. Set the pitch. He throws. Jones cuts. There's a high, twisting hop foul. It's going out of play. Mize gives it a try, but to no avail. Dipping in. So the uh, battle now between Jones, the hitter, and uh, Lopat, the pitcher. Drags out a little bit. The tempo of the first game was comparatively slow for a one-to-nothing duel. It ran better than two hours. Yesterday's was better than three hours, but it ran into extra innings for the first time since 1946. This is about midway between. One ball, two strikes. Left-handed Lopat delivers. Jones swings and misses. He struck him out. That appeared to be a curveball thrown inside. So he fans the first two men to face him in the top of the sixth. Mel tells me that Lopat has never been known, particularly as a strikeout artist. And while he now has uh, all told five, getting Ashburn three times, and Semenik once, and with Jones now, he is really delivering that curve. This is a well-scouted series. It's evident that the fellows have scouted both clubs. New weaknesses. The pitching comes to the fore. And now, the most dangerous hitter potentially of the Phillies, Del Ennis. Is a high curve around the visor of the cap, ball one. Dell has bounced out to third for the third out in the first and popped out to Rizzuto. On a handle hit curve for the third out in the third, he has yet to get his first World Series hit, though he led the Phils in hitting in 1950 with an average of 3.13. 1-0 set for the pitch, delivering. Strike one call, fastball. A good half of the uh, diamond, that is the inner portion of it, is covered now by the first base stand shadows, as well as the entire right field sector, where Mapes, the Yankee outfielder, is in a crouch right now, ready for any eventuality. And it's uh, primarily hits to left and left center. They play him to pull to left. One and one. The pitch. A swing. A line drive toward right field. Maybe good for extra bases. Sitting in there, rolling to the wall. And it's round first. Heads to second. Mapes plays it off the wall. Goes to second. It's a stand-up double. The first hit of the Wales Series for Dell Ennis. And the Phils now have a runner in scoring position with two men out. The Phils, you know, lead the Yankees in extra base hits. For the Phillies, that is their fourth double. They have one triple, no home runs. DiMaggio's homer yesterday has been the lone distance clout of this classic. A right field double hitting to the opposite field. Dell Ennis. Dick Sisler. For two. Batting left hand is swinging. There's a line drive. The left field. Base it. And it's rounding third. He's going to score. And the game is tied 1 1. Well, Dick Sisler, who had been one of the hitting goats, I shouldn't say hitting, I should say uh, hitting advisedly, a uh, batting goat through when the Phils need him most and it's a brand new ball game boys and girls one and one it comes with two out both Ennis and Sisler hit safely for the first time in the series and they make it pay off this has all occurred with two men gone just as the Yankees scored with two out 
Back in the third inning. The batter is Granville Hanner with Cisco leading off first base. Lopat stretches, delivers. Hanner swings and misses on a down-breaking curveball. Strike one. Cisco's ball barely eluded the grass. A pint-sized risotto, and it may well have been that an average-sized fellow could have grabbed that, but Phil certainly gave it a try. It rolled into short left center field. Nothing in one count to Hamner. One for two. The pitch. A butt attempt is missed. A snap throw to first. He's out. A great play by Yogi Berra as Hamner attempted to choke up the defense by laying down a butt to put men on. Berra snapped through to Johnny Mize who put the tag quickly and aptly on Sisler. The play went the catcher, Berra, to the first baseman, Johnny Mize, and the Phillies are retired. The count, incidentally, had gone uh, nothing into on Hamner. One run earned, two hits, the run driven in by Sisler. No errors by the Yankees, and nobody left on. Berra and Mize took care of that. Five and a half innings. The Phillies won, the Yankees won. Sid Gordon, slugging outfielder of the Boston Braves, says that in his book, the Gillette Super Speed Razor tops them all. Yes, and here he is to tell you why. Fans, that's because it gives me the swellest shades I've ever had. No other razor I know about can match it. There's nothing to take apart or put together. Nothing to jam or clog, right? Not only that, Gene, but it changes blades easily and rinses clean in a jiffy. To sum it up, the Gillette Super Speed Razor is the only razor that combines real shaving satisfaction with instant blade changing and double-edged economy. Once more, the Gillette Super Speed Razor is the greatest shaving value ever offered. You get it in a handsome styrene case with a 10-blade sensor. A big $1.75 value for only a dollar at any convenience store. to the last half of the sixth inning. Heinzelman set on the first pitch and the batter up there is Jerry Coleman who took call strike one. A down-breaking curveball. Coleman batting right-handed is one for two and has wrapped home the one Yankee run. Ball one is wide of the plate on a slow pitch curve. One and one. Well, the excitement that time and you could see that the fans, though primarily Yankee rooters, were for the underdog at the moment as the Bills tied it up. Two pumps by the left-hander. Heinzelman delivers. Wide and high, ball two. Two and one count. That's the first real excitement that the Red Caps visitors had given the fans here at Spacious Yankee Stadium. A two and one count to Coleman. Last of the six, the pitch, the swing, a line drive, left field, in there, good for a base hit. Sisler fields it quickly. Coleman turns it first, and the whip comes into the relay man, Granny Hamra, holding Jerry at first base. That is the fourth Yankee hit, all of them singles, and Coleman has two. Yogi Berra, who walked once on a 3-2 count in the first and tapped out weakly to the left of the mound in the fourth inning. 0-1 officially. Looking for the bunt, he cuts on the first one and fouls it upstairs third day. Strike one. All of these World Series broadcasts are being carried to our armed forces around the world through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. And I am sure that the members of the 28th Keystone Division in Indiana are happy that Kurt Simmons is here today. There's a quick throw over to first. But uh, Coleman is back with room to spare safely. A man on, Jerry Coleman, slightly second baseman of the Yankees, with a left field single. The pitch to Barrow, the swing, a line drive toward right, foul. Boy, that thing was tagged. And Barrow put all of his chunky beef into that swing. 
The wind today is playing Hobb with a long ball. And uh, you'll note there have been a couple of uh, Texas League singles. Humpback liners, as they call them. Nothing in two-count, Yogi. Left-handed batter. Infield looking for the double play now. The check by Heinzelman. He pitches. Wide and high of the plate. Ball one. One and two. Short tied. One-one. A Yankee run in the third. A Phil run in the sixth. Heinzelman quick pitching now. Delivers again. A high sweeping slow curve. Too high. Ball two. Two-two. One on. Nobody out for the New York Yankees. Last of the sixth. Endeavoring now to get back that run. As the Phil's darned it off. Eddie Lopat. Stretch. He pitches. He swings and sends a high pop near the plate. Semenik appears to have the room to the right of the plate. Under it. Squeezes. He's out. Farrell pops out about 30 feet behind and to the right of the plate for the catcher. One gone. And now, Joe DiMaggio with one away and a teammate at first base. Joe has a single in two trips. And uh, his single was of a variety. We were describing to you just a moment ago. There's a crosswind here at the stadium. Joe, the Yankee Clipper, steps in. Heinzelman throws. Joe takes high around the chin. Ball one. Joe fly to short right to end it in the first inning. And then he got his single in the fourth, but was left-handed as Heinzelman bore down. One ball, no strike. Infield deep now to the left side. Swinging a long fly ball deep to left field. Sisler has it and takes it. The runner at first, Coleman, faked off the bag for the moment as the relay came in by a hand of the shortstop to second base. DiMaggio flies deep to left. Two gone. Hank Bauer. Broad-shouldered. Outfielder playing left field today. He had played right in the first two games. It's a quick throw to first. Coleman back safely, and Wakers didn't even bother to put the tag on him. No count yet. Conbauer, who is over two, a grounder to the mound, and a fly ball to right. Batting right-handed, very orthodox stance. Einstein stretches, delivers. Bauer takes wide and high. Ball one. The opportunity of uh, seeing Bauer and Mace in the same outfield one time, and they were the slugging leaders of the American Association. There's a high twister looping itself up toward the third deck along the first base line and dipping down there. Uh, you see the second deck here at the stadium juts back, and the upper deck moves out. And uh, I think three rows of people get themselves a thrill for the chance. It's a good-natured, though cool crowd today because of the weather. One-on-one. He delivers. Hank swings. There's another one, this time definitely upstairs. And out of play. Strike two. Score one-and-one. The Yanks and the Phils and another thriller dealer. One-to-nothing the opening day. Two-to-one in ten innings yesterday. And one-to-one with two gone and a man on in the last of the six here today. Heinzelman takes time for pause. Looks him over. In the stretch. The kick he throws. High, very high. And Simonic had to climb up on the ladder that time to bring it down. Ball two. Even up, two and two. Coleman is first. Neither Barra nor DiBaggio have been able to move Jerry along. The big pitch. The runner breaks. He sends a very high pop behind second base. 
Goliath backtracking on the grass. Five feet back. Grabs it for the putout. And that's all for the Yankee threat in the last of the sixth inning. Give it to the second baseman, Mike Goliath. For New York, no run. A leadoff single by Cohen. The Yankee fourth hit. No errors by the Phils. And one man left on. At the end of six. The Yankees won. The Phillies won. As we pause ten seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Yankee Stadium in New York. Phil's fans, or at least those who are pulling for the Phil's stretch. And Mel, uh, I don't know uh, what it is. I know that most of these folks must be uh, Yankee fans, but I think out of uh, good sportsmanship and nature, they're stretching in both halves. What do you think? Well, they often do that here at the stadium. There are a great many of -of out-of-towners, and I think so many of them are just stretching because it's the seventh inning without regard to partisanship. So there are those among them, naturally, who are... Phillies rooters in our standing. Others decided that being a little cool, might as well get up right now. I want my birthday cake still hot tonight, Alan. Gee whiz, all those candles on there. You want me to hire somebody? Or I'll blow, him, blow, I'll blow my hands while I'm blowing out the candles. <laughs> Here's Granny Hunter. Short stop. One for two. Single. Off Johnson, the third baseman's glove, in the second, and a five-ball to right in the fourth. Pretty well hit. Nice catch by Mace. Uh, low pass pitching. Granny swings and uh, ticks it off foul. Sarah traps the ball and keeps it in play. He dropped it. Strike one. Hamner to be followed by catcher Andy Semenik and second baseman Goliath. Nothing in one. Eddie throws. Hamner swings. The ground ball through the middle. Out the center field. Mace it. Takes the turn at first, and Abaj comes in and uh, returns it to Rizzuto. That, incidentally, is the third consecutive hit of Lopez. You see, Ennis had double to right with two down in the sixth, and Sisler had single to left. And now, uh, here is another single. Bengoff, who is the bench co- uh, jockey, or cop as they call him, and is a former Yankee of uh, great renown. He caught here for Miller Huggins. Uh, talks things over with Semenik. Andy has one for two. He singled through the hole between the bag and the shortstop in the second and then struck out swinging on a low-packed curveball in the fourth. Hammer on with a through-the-middle ground single to center. And his fourth World Series hit. Infield moved in. Lopat stretches, delivers. There's a bunt toward the mound. Lopat up with it. Go to first. He's out. The sacrifice works. He turns as a left-hander will in pivoting on a throw and looked toward Rizzuto, but going in high on the slide was Hamner. So that Eddie had but one play and the sacrifice goes down as a clean one. The pitcher, Lopat, to the second baseman, Jerry Coleman, covering. Runner at second. And the man... uh, upon whom it seems that every time we look up Mel and I has runners on for him. But he's failed to produce quite consistently, though he has played a very sparkling game of field. Mike Oliat, 0 for 2, ground ball to the pitcher, ground ball to shortstop. And on second, one away. A low pat pitch. It's swung on and grounded. Third base side, foul by three feet, and uh, Johnson backhanded at that time. And this large crowd, appreciative of every effort, fair or foul, gives Mr. Johnson a nice round of applause. One away. 
the single by Hamner was the seventh Phil's hit. Score tied, one and one. Top of the seventh. A man at second. And one man up. Nothing and one. Low pass set. Kicks. Throws. Juliet swing. Line drive to center field. In there for base hit. Here is Hamner. Rounding third. Heading to the plate. The throw comes in. He's safe.
Nottingham on counterway. Just low pad now, taking a lot of his good old time. Chunky left-hander stretching to check only out at second. Delivers. Swinging. A fly. Lofted pretty deep toward left field. But moving back and under his bar and grabs it for the third out to retire the side. Wakers flies to left. They were playing him shallow and Barr had a charge back. That's the third out. In the seventh inning for the Phils, the lead run. There are two hits with a pair of sacrifices thrown in. The run scored by Hamner, driven in by Goliath. No Yankee errors, and one man Goliath left on. Six and a half inning score. The Phils two, the Yankees one. Gordon of the Boston Braves told you in his own words last inning, the Gillette Super Speed Razor can't be matched for shaving ease and satisfaction. Men, this razor gives you shaves worth talking about. Good-looking, refreshing shaves that really rate. Much more, it saves you time and bother, or changes blades instantly, cleans instantly, and never jams or claws. No wonder men everywhere say it's the most convenient razor they have ever used. Believe me, it's all of that and plenty more. Why not enjoy modern shaving comfort and convenience? Buy a Gillette Super Speed Razor at your favorite store. Without exception, it's the greatest shaving value ever offered. The Gillette Super Speed Razor comes with a 10-blade Gillette dispenser and a handsome, serviceable styrene travel case. All in all, you get a big $1.75 value for only a dollar. The big cat, the whale hitter, John Myers, who was rescued when it appeared that his National League career was over by the Yankees this season and has come through in tremendous style. Leads off to face Heinzelman in the last of the seventh. And the Yankee fans storm up for a rally. Myers 0 for 2, batting left-handed. Swings and cuts a high pop foul. Upstairs over our heads and out of play. Eric has now sat down in the Yankee bullpen, which is almost completely blocked from our view. They have an alley, you know, in right and left. Nothing in one demise. The pitch taken inside near the hands and high. Ball one. John popped to second in the second and it bounced out to the first baseman in the fourth. Ball two is a curve that just missed inside. It was around the belt, but too close. Two and one. Nobody out and nobody on for the Yankees, last of the seven. Score, two for the Phils, one for the Yanks. The wind-up by Heinzelman, he pitches. The swing, a high fly to deep right field. Moving back under, and it's right near the wall, and grabs it. That ball was hit just about as well as any toward the right field sector. Del Ennis was precisely right at the base of the 344-foot marker in right field territory. As a matter of fact, the fans out there were all standing up, someone ready perhaps to grab a possible souvenir. A long fly out to right field. One away, and now Billy Johnson over two, batting right-handed. Strike one ball, slow curve on the inside corner. Billy over two. Formerly a Jersey boy, now makes his home in Augusta, Georgia. Balls, one strike, two pumps by Huntsman. He throws, outside and low. Mr. Robert Tyre Jones. I imagine that uh, might be one of our listeners today. And uh, leading citizen of Augusta, Georgia. Great baseball fan, Bobby. One on one. One down. Two pitches. Outside. Ball two to Johnson. Two and one. Russ Meyer. Through ball pitching specialist. Warming up for the field as a safety measure. Two and one. Swinging a foul. Upstairs. Third deck out of play. 
Bellinger. Score two to one. The Bills uh, have racked up eight hits against Lopat. And Heinzelman has forced the Yanks to have that total. Four. Yankee run in the third. Phil runs in the sixth and seventh. Heinzelman set now on the square count pitch. Delivers a zipping foul right to the lower box seats and right. And the crowd ooh, as if to say, this is safety week, fans. Get out of the way. Here comes that ball. Square count. Well, he struck out in the second and bounced out the third in the fifth. Feet fairly close together. Waiting. Swinging the pitch. no question that the psychology of the crowd is for the underdog. That is the club that is two games down. And for uh, that kind of rooting, I guess that Yankee Stadium is as good a mecca as any place in the country. They are cheering Heisman's great efforts, for he won only three games during the regular season and completed but four. He faces Big Cliff Mates, 0 for 2, left-handed swinger. He pitches, and it's strike one ball. That was a sneaky fast one that cut the knees on the outside corner. Dusty Vargas calling him behind the plate. Very ruddy complexion, Chucky Texas. Pint size, Cal Hubbard. Nothing in one. Swinging a ground ball. Hits softly to second. Up with the Goliath. Quit the first. Pins on. Side retired. No runs. No hits. No errors. None left. Our Gillette seven inning totals read like this. For the Phillies, two runs. Eight hits. One error. And the Phils have five men left. For the Yankees, one run, four hits, no errors, and four Bronx Bombers have been left on. I was talking with the aforementioned Tom Ferrick, the uh, broad-beamed right-hander of the Yankees before the game today. Tom, uh, as you know, is a Philadelphia. Matter of fact, he was asking us about the chances of the Penn football team this Saturday at Berkeley, California, against Happy Waldorf, Fine, California, 11. But then it switched, of course, to baseball. He felt that the difference between these two teams thus far was not exactly proficiency and ability because the pitchers had the uh, duke. It was, he said, experience. He said, let's face it, Kelly. Uh, these teams have been so well scouted by Bill Skiff and Johnny Noon of the Yankees and George Earnshaw and Jack Sanford of the Phillies that the experience here pays off. The movement of the feet around the box, the slight shift toward left or right, the knowledge uh, that you have in a World Series performer. He says, this is my first year with the Yankees, but that's my observation. And I imagine it's as clean gut as any that you could look for. As the series now moves into the eighth inning of the third game with the Bills leading 2-1, and Ashburn is the batter. Richie cuts and gets a handle foul to the left side of the diamond and well into the stand. Strike one. He has been struck out three times. Three times the charm, Mr. Lopez. Stocky Ed goes to the rosin. He knows now that he has found this fellow three times. He's got to watch him. Johnson shallow at third base. The wind-up. He pitches. He swings. A ground ball pass line to right field. Flips with a hit. Ashburn takes the turn at first. Mates up of the ball. Whips a real line to the uh, cutoff man, Jerry Coleman, at second. Lead-off single in the eighth inning. And again, the hurry call comes from pitching coach Bill Pan, Jim Turner, and manager single to the Yankee bullpen. Where I surmise again, Ferrick will be called upon. Oh, there's another one out there again now. 
bullpen catcher, I guess. No. Uh, Tom Farrick. Okay. And Mage Halk out there. Bullpen catcher. Ashburn on with a single. The Phil's ninth hit. The batter is Willie Jones. Infield looking for the bunt. Comes around. The bunt along the first baseline foul. In the first game of the series, when Hop supplanted Mize defensively, they said it was a great move by Stengel. And that time, again, uh, you could see that Mize had a bit of difficulty bending to his own right as it went through the hole between first and second for a ground single right for Ashburn. A runner on. Jones, one for three. Quick throw to first. And the fleet Ashburn is back. In a running contest, I should imagine he'd run one, two, three. If the both clubs were involved, Ashburn. Nothing in one to Jones. Coming around again. Squaring away for the bunt. There's one along the first base line. Mize up with it. One play. First base. Coleman covering. In time. The third sacrifice in two innings. Moving Ashburn to second with one away. Play scored. Mize the first sacker to Coleman. The second baseman covering first. part, we've had pretty straight baseball here. The percentage, you see, uh, the sacrifice. Pitch out by Barra on a fine pickoff play. Which wound up in the sixth, you remember? I guess this was so happy, he forgot he was on first base. Now here's Ennis with a runner at second, and one down. Lopat delivers. Close. Ball one. Lopat now hurling a bit more cautiously than he did early in the struggle. For this is still a fine ball game. So the Phils have out hit the Yankees 9-4. They leave them 2-1. So the defenses had to be on the alert. And the pitchers have had to bear down with runners on. Ashburn, 15-foot lead off second. A stretch by Lopat. He pitches on it. Who swings. It's a high fly ball to medium left field. Moving over for the ball is Bauer. Demarge moves in, says, I'll take it. And the center fielder makes the put out. So the put out was made in uh, medium left center field. And it flies to DiMaggio. Two gone. Now Sister, who had been the victim of catcalls, particularly those seated in left field, but now has uh, spreaded the uh, imaginative appetite of the fans with his single left bat at home Ennis for the first kill run in the sixth inning. Six, one for three, though picked off by Berra, Demise in the sixth. Bounced out the first in the fourth and grounded out to Coleman in the second. Two gone. The low patch pitch. Kicking, he throws. Wide on a curve, ball one. Sisler, a left-handed batter. Two to one ball game. Pitches. Close. Ball two. Inside. Well, uh, the Phil's fans have been complaining that their favorites haven't hit. They're certainly out hitting the Yankees today, but the big problem has been hitting in the clutch with a runner on in scoring position. 2 0 to Sisler. Left hand low pass. Studying. Delivering. Swinging a foul. Right to our Gillette. Boot. And in and out. Just to our left, it hit a typewriter. I think uh, Mike Gavin, one of the New York writers who covers the Brooklyn Dodgers during the season. Probably saying it shouldn't happen to shot. Two and one. 
outfield, push slightly toward the uh, right, but they play him straight away in all sectors on Sister. 2-1 pitch. Swinging a foul. Up high towards second base. Coleman calling for it. In front of Mize. Mize says, I'll take it, and he does. <laughs> Big ready complexion. John ran right in front of Gary that time to wind up the inning for the Phillies by grabbing Sister's top fly. First baseman. In the eighth inning, the Phillies no runs, one hit. No Yankee errors, and one man Ashburn left on at second. Seven and one-half innings have gone by in the third game. The Phillies two, the Yankees one. Day after day, Gillette Blue Blades get the call from millions of men who want to look sharp and feel sharp. That's because these finest of razor blades give the slickest shades the quickest and easiest in the book. Now to save time, save fuss, buy Gillette Blue Blades in the Gillette dispenser that zips them out on rent. You change blades presto and also solve the problem of discarding used blades safely and easily. You see, this modern Gillette dispenser has a built-in compartment for the permanent disposal of old blades. When you remove a dull blade from your razor, slip it into the back of the dispenser. This double-duty magazine costs nothing extra. You get 20 Gillette blue blades, 40 shaving edges for 98 cents. 10 blades, 49 cents. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette blue blades with the sharpest edges ever hauled. 64,505 have paid their way into the stadium today. A banner stadium crowd, and now, defensively, Sawyer moves in, his fleet rookie up from Toronto, Notre Damer, Jack Mayo, M-A-Y-O. This is the second time he has taken over a similar post in the series. Jack Mayo. He'll take over in left field. Of course, he hasn't batted officially yet, but for the time being, spot him number five. Woodling is going to be set up now in the last of the eighth as a pinch hitter for Ed Lopez. Woodling, a left-handed batter, takes high, ball one. Gino, of course, has started the first two games. He is three for eight on a series play, hitting a 375. Heinzelman's curve is in there. A call strike one. Last of the eighth. Woodling batting for the pitcher, Lopat. Left-handed swinger. Heinzelman ready. Delivers. He swings and misses. Strike two. Heinzelman, you'll see, is not one of these fellows that works up the perspiration very easily. And he has uh, apparently kept on to a store of reserve in this game. He's a quick worker, but paces himself. Doesn't throw too hard. One and two. The big pitch. A half swing, but a take. Low, ball two. Those umpires watch the break of the wrists, the intent on those half swings. 2-2 two, two count to Whittling. The pitch, he swings. There's a lazy pop fly going for a shortstop. Under it, hand the shortstop. Waiting, squeezes it for the first out. One down. Well, that means the Yankees will offer up probably Tom Ferrick in the fifth half of the ninth inning. The Phillies lead 2-1. to one. Yankees, uh, Mel points out, have uh, hit but five bounces to the infield. Phil Rizzuto on twice with walks, and the one Yankee run scores, and a pop fly to second. Swings and sends a zipper to third, a grass cutter, Jones Spears, goes to first, in time. 
two up, two down. Last of the eighth. Third to first was the play. Of course, this is a big game for the Phillies. They drop this one, and they're the far gone conclusion. They're out of it. But a two-one standing, particularly since they come into the stadium by leading, if they should win, changes the complexion of the series entirely. The batter is Jerry Coleman, who is two for three. And a run driven in. Looks at the low curve outside, right-handed swinger. Ball one. This slender second baseman. It appears whenever the chips are down, performs greatly. He did so in his last World Series in 1949. One ball, no strikes. Find some in throwing. Jerry takes inside. Ball two. Two and oh. Yankees, of course, are trying to throw this fellow off the mark. Especially since he gave up the run with two gone in the third. When Rizzuto had walked, stole second and took third on a bad throw by Semenik. And Coleman singled him home. Two and nothing pitch. Strike one call. Caught the inside corner with a pretty fast hook. Blender number 42, Jerry Coleman. Born in San Jose, living in San Francisco, California. Two and one. Two gone. The pitch. Low and outside. Ball three. Now the crowd begins murmuring. They sense, of course, that uh, the Yankees did something similar before, and there is a power driver coming up. Yogi Berra. Should Coleman stay alive? And on percentage, Yogi would be due since he is hitless today. Now, three and one. Got to make this one good. He pitches. Strike two ball. Full count. Now Coleman steps out for a moment. Tugging on his cap. Digs in. Getting a toe hold. Full count. Coleman steps out for a moment, tugging on his cat, digs in, getting a toe hold, swing runs out, Heinzelman pitches, he swings and sends a foul just beyond third base coach Corsetti of the Yankees, still 3 and 2, ball uh, rolls out a short left field, and Hammer jogs over to throw it out. 2 to 1, Phillies lead, last half of the eighth inning, third game of the 1950 Ball Classic. Two men gone for New York, and Coleman three and two. New ball in play, Heinzelman set, pitches. High inside, ball four. In the bullpen, Constanti gets the sign to warm up for the Phillies. All the while, Ferrick has been heating up, and I mean, you've got to heat up today in the right field Yankee bullpen. So you have two premier relievers of the National and American League getting set for possible duty. The runner at first, Coleman, represents the potential tying run. Dara is the batter. And Yogi looks at a high, wide pitch for ball one. That was the fourth walk given up by Heinzelman. He touches. The pitch is taken inside around his chin. Ball two. Uh, seeing that his uh, veteran left-hander is in trouble. 
Dominic, the Phil's catcher, walks out to the mound to talk things over with Lefty Cat. 10,000 bleacher seats and standing room admissions go on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here at New York Yankee Stadium. For those of you with an earshot and travel shot of this radio baseball arena. Joanna Rivera, Yogi has one of the four passes dished out by Hanklin. He grounded out weakly in the fourth to the pitcher and then fouled out to Simonek the catcher. 0 for 2 and 2 and 0. The pitch, ball three.
Back at Yankee Stadium in New York, Jim Constanti is greeted with cheers. Starting in left, which will probably pick up as he walks in toward the mound. He, of course, broke the all-time record for relief appearances and game appearances by a single pitcher. Going to the Knoll 74 different times during the 1950 season. He was a surprise starter in the opening game of the World Series and virtually matched Rashi pitch for pitch. He lost one to nothing and allowed New York four hits and one run earned in the eight innings he worked. Heinzelman will now be retired after having hurled seven and two-thirds innings. He has given up one run earned and four hits, but he has walked six men and apparently, undoubtedly, as a matter of fact, was firing. He just wasn't near the plate at all on DiMaggio, and uh, to Berra, he was 3-0. and That means that he uh, threw four, eight, nine straight bats. Here's a hand for Heinzelman. And even the uh, most optimistic of Heinzelman's personal supporters have been surprised that he worked this long. Concerning Constanti's work in relief, Sawyer has off-time said, give me a pitcher who hurls seven effective innings to tie them or head them by just one, and then Constanti will do the rest. He is not necessarily a cold-weather performer and was ineffective in the latter stages of the campaign, but he certainly proved his worth and, of course, did not make uh, Sawyer look bad when he uh, started out. Now the man who has a tremendous World Series batting average, Bobby Brown, who was three for eight on this series, and before it was nine for 15 for a total of 12 for 23. Now how's that for batting average? That's, uh, that's about a 525 batting average in World Series play. He, of course, got the skimming double off what Constanti said was his slider pitch. And it was uh, the one blow which set up the run that won the game for Vic Franchi in the fourth inning on the opening day of the Classic. So he is going to swing for Hank Bauer, who, though a long ball hitter, single is playing percentage now. He sends the left-handed swinger up there, Doc Brown. Two men out. The base is loaded. Constanti into the familiar windup. Delivers. Low ball one. Usually, these are the situations that uh, Constanti revels in. He steps off to grab the powder. This is the last of the eighth. A real exciting frame. Three walks. Base is loaded. One and nothing pitch. A swing and a foul. Upstairs. Out of play. Strike one. We meant to describe Constanti's palm ball to you on opening day. He holds the ball at the base of his forefinger and middle finger and releases the fingers on the pitch at the last instant. It breaks down, and unlike many other palm balls, which are used as change-ups by hurlers, it has spin to it and breaks away suddenly. He mixes it with a slider and screwball. He's ready for 1-1 pitch. Brown swings. A foul. Behind the plate, strike two. This is the tenth inning because the Yankee power already has been up. Uh, considering that Berra and DiMaggio will hit that long ball for you. 
And that Coleman has played very great baseball in this series. Coleman at third, Vera at second, Samaj at first. The count is one and two on Bobby Brown, batting for Hank Bauer. Against reliever Jim Constanti. The right-hander hits, throws. He swings and lofts the foul toward left. Mayo races for the ball but can't make it. Defensively now, you know, Mayo has supplanted Sussler in left field. Ashburn in center, Ennis in right. The infield is Pat. Waitkiss, Goliath, Hamner, and Jones. And uh, Constanti and Semenik decide to clock uh, a little bit out there midway between mound and plate. Phillies lead, but the Yankees are in a threat. The base is loaded with two gone. Now, Constanti in a motion. Throws. He swings and comes a ground ball to Hammer. How about it? He follows it. The run scores. Two. 
modern Gillette one-piece razors are the finest shaving instruments money can buy. They give you slick, good-looking shaves, comfortably, and save you time as well. You see, there's nothing to take apart or put together. You change blades instantly. Once more, to clean, you just loosen the holder, rinse, and shake. Buy a Gillette one-piece razor. Any model you select includes a supply of Gillette blue blades and is attractively packaged in a permanent travel case. The base on balls has proven a big nemesis to the Phil's pitchers today. The Yankees scored on a walk to Rizzuto with two gone, a stolen base by Phil, and a bad throw by Semenik allowing him to move to third. Then Coleman drilled him home with a single to left. Virtually the same thing happened in the eighth, except that this time Hanselman lost the mark entirely. On the hook for this game will be the relief pitchers for the time being, with big Tom Ferrick moving in. Now, Joe Collins, who was uh, nurtured in the Yankee farm system, is going to be the first baseman, and Woodling, who batted for Lopat, is going to play left field. That means Woodling will bat ninth. And it means that Collins will bat number five. Brown, you see, uh, batted for Bauer, and uh, Jensen ran for him. So Collins has moved into the number five slot right now in your batting array. Confetti's in Ferrick's game now, either to win or to lose. Both Lopat and Heinzelman are off the hook. Now, uh, as to uh, which pitcher outpitched uh, which, uh, in this ball game, you might say that Heinzelman was naturally more effective. The run scored on the era, but he did display vast ineffectiveness by passing the three men, Coleman, Barra, and DiMaggio. However, uh, officially at least, James saying the fact uh, that the walks did cause trouble, the era was the big boost. Barrick's record, appearing in 46 games, both as a Brownie and a Cardinal, 81 innings pitched, he won nine and lost seven. the Yankee, of course, uh, St. Louis Browns, New York Yankees, came uh, to the Yanks in that big trade at midseason. So the uh, adopted Philadelphian faces Granny Hamner. Right-hander delivers. Hamner swings. A long drive to left center field. Camacho going way, way back. Can't get it. Rolling toward the wall. Here's Hamner moving to second base. But a great save by Camacho. Holds him to two. A great save. A double by Hamner. That is his third World Series double and his third hit in the ball game. That was a tremendous drive at least 400 feet away from home plate and in Shy Park was a home run. DiMaggio running toward the ball, picked up the ball with his bare hand while it was topping. And but for that, Hanna would have had three. Time is called. Dominic conversing with Sawyer. Hamner runs in from the bag at second to talk things over with his skipper and uh, bench policeman Benny Bengoff. Well, uh, I believe that ball was hit as long as any in the series, including uh, Joe's jolt yesterday. Uh, it dropped down there pretty close to the uh, red clay, and Joe, of course, made a great play on it, running away from the infield. So Hamner picks up a towering double. Number three in the series. The infield moseys up closely. Semenik is the batter. One for two officially. A single, a strikeout, and a sacrifice. 
time a stretch. Delivery. High. Outside. A pitch out. Ball one. Vera. Shifted to his own right. In an effort, perhaps, to uh, keep Hamner alive at second base. Rizzuto is close to the bag as a shortstop. Direct in the stretch. Checks him. Delivers. There's a pop to third. A scoop. Heavy runner. Runs to third base. to grab that ball on a fly but preferred to scoop it up and possibly hold Hammer at second base. Instead, Hammer, with Rizzuto near the bag, ran behind the third baseman, Johnson, and virtually waltzed into the hot corner and Semenik, who could hardly run at all, uh, limped down to first base. Uh, Johnson held out of the ball like it was a hot potato. It goes as a sacrifice. It moves Hammer to third base and the play is Johnson to the first baseman, Joe Collins. That was really a unique play, and I'm sure will be talked about tonight. They're going to put Goliath on, and uh, Whitman is going to back for Constanti. There's ball one, wide, and Ferg throws wide again, ball two. Well, I've never seen one like that in quite a while. It appeared as though Johnson just didn't know what to do with the ball, but that his first thought was to let the ball drop so that he could scoop it up and make sure that he could check the man at second and throw Semenik out at first. To grab the ball on the fly, he still would have held a man at second, who was way off the bag. I think the fact that second wasn't covered at the time confused Bill. Because, you see, on the bunt, the second baseman was moving over to first to cover, and Rizzuto was near the bag. So Goliath has now been passed intentionally. Hamner is at third. There was one man out, and Whitman will bat for Constanti. So, Sawyer must give up Constanti to a pinch hitter. Whitman has been walked once in the World Series in his previous loan appearance. He bats left-handed. The infield is all the way in. Tom Ferrick in the stretch. Delivers. High and wide. Ball wide. This is the top of the ninth. The score is tied. Two and two. We've had a lot of excitement here. Will you fans on Gillette's Cavalcade of Sports broadcast? One or nothing pitch. Wide. But on the corner for false strike one. On the corner. He threw him outside and caught the corner. Strike one. One ball, one strike. One gone, runners on at first and third. The stretch by Farrakee pitches. Six swings, a fly, lofted foul, out of play. First base side and downstairs. Strike two, Whitman is from Oregon. First day, he says, you reckon those folks out in Eugene, Oregon, are happy about the way the Phil's played? He was born in Woodburn and will celebrate his 30th birthday the 9th of next month, 5'11", 170. The square-shouldered chap with sharp features, and he is now making a bit in his second World Series. He played, you see, for Brooklyn last season. So there's the fellow that's really been playing in good fortune. One and two count. 
Quitman, the bench hitter for Constanti. Derek hides the ball behind his right knee. Gets the sign, moves into the stretch. Delivers. Whitman swings. A ground foul. First base side. Just to the right of the Yankee dugout. Still one and two. Foul of the ninth. There's a hard stopper this ball game. Two and two tie. One gone. Two on. Goldie at it first. Hannah at third. Infield still close. Eric has the peculiar sign of hiding the ball behind his right knee. Ready on one and two pitch. Slow stretch. Delivers. The swing. A slow ground ball. Caught first. Collins up with it. Go to the plate. He is out. Fielder's choice play and a fine one by first sacker Joe Collins. The reserves today, and the bench of single is again asserting itself. If not offensively, then certainly defensively. And here comes Casey again out of the New York dugout. Wake kisses the batter. There are two gone. The play went to first baseman Joe Collins to the catcher Yogi Berra, who planted his compact body to guard the plate to on-rushing runner Granny Hamrick. That's two down. Goliath moving to second. And uh, Hamner retired at the plate. That's what we call a 3-2 play if you're keeping score on a radio scorecard today. Boy, they're pulling the stoppers out on the strategy today. The veteran campaigner Stingle, who was once a fill. And now we have another move by Zoya, a runner for Goliath. Goliath is what might be termed medium fast with his feet. And uh, Ralph Caballero, New Orleans lad, is making his second pinch running appearance of the World Series. Running for Goliath. Oh, that means that the game, uh, well, uh, of course, the game will move into the last of the night. Bloodworth would be the second baseman for the Phillies. C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. Now, Wakus is the batter. One for four. Swings left-handed. Runners leading off first and second. Big Ferrick in a motion. Delivers. Strike one ball. His inner defense came to his rescue that time. It forced the Phils to give up their ace reliever, Constanti, you see. So that Stengel's move for the time being uh, looks sharp for the second guesses tonight. Nothing in one to wake us. The pitch, he swings, sends a high fly to short right, moving in on the ball. Cliff Nate calling for it. He has it. Guys retired. A big Bill threat is stuffed out on fine relief pitching by Tom Derrick and an alert Yankee defense, which for the moment committed an error of omission when uh, Billy Johnson, the third baseman, uh, forgot for the moment as to where to throw the ball. So the side is retired in the top of the ninth. No runs. One hit, a double by Hamner, which is a race at the plate. A walk thrown in intentionally. No errors by the Yankees. Two fills left on. At the end of eight and a half, moving to the nub end now, a 2-2 tie. And let's see what manager Eddie Sawyer has to offer up in the way of a release early. He has not as yet made his appearance. Now moving out, Russ Meyer. This is his second relief appearance. He gave up 
one hit in the first game when he, in turn, relieved Constanti as a starter. It was a topper down the third baseline on which Jones couldn't handle and then retired the side without any further trouble after that. So he has hurled one inning of series play. His uh, National League seasonal record with the Phillies, 9-11. and 11. So Sawyer is going with Meyer, who has uh, some of the finest breaking stuff in the National League. He draws a whip crack curve and a screwball. Well, now, are we going to have a marathon again today? Hard to say, Gene, but I know as far as the fans are concerned, maybe they don't care. Maybe they would like to have some extra innings because they love their baseball. Well, a big break in the game, of course, has been a bobble of shortstop. And the Phil Phil certainly uh, had a grand opportunity in the top of the ninth on Hamner's uh, double. And when you consider the fact that uh, Johnson did not catch Summonick's hard hit, bunt pop on the fly, uh, you uh, again uh, see the Yankee traditional courage being shored up. Also, DiMaggio's play and saving uh, the double that could have easily been a triple against any other center fielder. Uh, Jimmy Bloodworth moves in as a second baseman. He's a veteran campaigner of both leagues. He uh, played for both Detroit and Washington, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, for the Cincinnati Reds, and was secured in a deal on the 11th of May from the Reds by the Phillies, as the utility infielder has done a grand job. Now, Russ Meyer in the last of the night. He faces Billy Johnson, the third baseman. The curve is low and wide. Ball one. Johnson to be followed by Cliff Mapes and then the pitcher, Tom Ferrick. Last of the ninth, high score, 2-2. The pitch, strike one goal, overhand curveball. Maya very rarely throws a straight ball except on a waste pitch or a bait. He'll throw the hook and the screwball. One and one. Lanky right-hander delivers wide. Ball two. Two and one. Johnson is 0 for 3. He struck out twice to Heinzelman and bounced out third to first. Two ball, one strike out. Meyer winding, delivery. Ball three, low inside. That first man on in a tie game at the nub end. Of course, is the big break. That an explosive club such as the Yanks, though all three games have been tighter than drums. Three and one. He throws. Strike two call. Another down-breaking jug handle curve. Heinzelman hurled the first seven and two-thirds. And Sandy got the final man out in the eighth, but he went out for the pinch hitter. As Sawyer had a gamble to take away his uh, ace reliever. The full count to Billy Johnson. The big pitch. He swings. A line drive. Deep to left. Mayo moving back. Grabs it. He almost overplayed the ball. Moving back and then moved in a stride. Planted his feet on the side and speared it for the putout. One down. Now Mapes. The big bit for the Yankee home run came from another left-handed swinger. Johnny Mize, who is now out of the game. Batting left-handed. Takes strike one call. The screwball caught the outside corner. The fast pitch. And it's thrown, of course, with a wrist breaking in. And uh, away to left-handed batters from a right-hander. Second pitch. 
Strike two, call. That screwball broke a foot. This fellow is a tremendous campaigner, Meyer. He, uh, of course, has been his own worst enemy at times in trying to curb his temper, but he has a, an enormous desire to win. Nothing in two. One away, nobody on. Last of the ninth, try scored 2-2. Two, two. Russ Meyer delivers. Mate swings and misses. Struck him out. That is, the pitcher, of course, is moved up in the slot. Woodling, who is the left fielder. The pitcher would then bat fifth, and the first baseman, Collins, would move up sixth. The batting order should read Rizzuto, Coleman, Berra, DiMaggio. The pitcher, Collins, Johnson, Mapes, and Woodling, who is batting in ninth position, but playing left field. Batting left-handed, Meyer delivers, strike one call. This is the second trip for Gene. He popped out to short as a pinch hitter for Lopat in the eighth inning. Swings and cuts the foul behind the plate on a ball that was delivered high and was starting to break down low. Gene was trying to meet the ball on a hanging break and got a lazy foul rolling behind the plate. Strike two. Strike two. Two gone, nobody on. Last half of the ninth inning. Woodling left-handed swinger. Myra way ahead, 0-2. Score tied, 2-2. In the big, majestic motion. He kicks, delivers. As a hopper over the mound. Moving in, Bloodworth. Up with it. Drops it. Goes to first. Not in time. Up, down, up again. Throw not in time. It may go... It goes as an error on the, the base hit, base hit, a uh, switched off, an infield single to the second baseman. Scratch. Now Rizzuto. That was a high chopping ball that went behind the mound. Bloodworth charged it, and in an anxiety to throw to first, lost it entirely. But it went as a single to the second baseman. Strike one called on Rizzuto. Third ball. Bill is over two officially. He was passed twice by Heinzelman. Popped the second and bounced out the third. All trips again, Heinzelman. As a matter of fact, uh, he was the second out before Ken walked three Yankees in a row in that big eighth inning. Nothing in one to Bill. The pitch. Ball one. Just a bit. Weeds a bit low and outside. One on one. One ball, one strike. Dugan, runner at first base, Gene Woodling. Meyer in a big stretch. Six throws. A swing, a line drive, a sweet three by uh, Bloodworth. The runner kicks the ball. The runner kicks the ball, and he may... No, he calls him safe. Uh, Bloodworth dives to his own right to trap the ball, which he did, but it scooted back to the bag. In the meantime, Woodling slid, but was already in the bag when the ball hit his foot. So, uh, as far as Conlon was concerned, he had reached base safely. He had reached second court, and thus uh, did not kick the ball while in actual play. It was one of those things having already touched the fielder. 
So everybody is safe, and it goes as a single off the second base. play, uh, Bloodworth made a game effort, you see, to uh, move the ball, kick it almost, as a matter of fact, back to the back, so that Hamlet could pick the ball up to try the fourth, but it went for naught. We've seen all uh, Philly bullpen activity. The Yankees have runners on at first and second, Woodling at second, Brasito with a single. At first, the first hit, of course, was a scratcher. The second was a pretty well-hit ball, and Bloodworth made a college try effort on it, preventing it from rolling to the outfield. Now, uh, Jerry Coleman, who knocked in the first run. Though the Yankees had scored two, the second run officially was not batted in. It came home on an error. Bobby Brown was batting for Hank Bauer, with the bases loaded and two gone in the eighth inning. And as Hamner raced towards second base to pick it up and force out DiMaggio coming in, he lost the handle. Well, we've had uh, some odd feeling plays, but it's one of those uh, kind of games on which the fans hear forward, edge forward on their seat, ready for the break. Now the right-handed Meyer facing Coleman, a right-handed batter, delivers. Strike one call. Curveball. It's a rough inning now. Last of the ninth. And a do-or-die threat by the Yankees here at the tail end of the regulation distance. No ball, one strike count. He checks his second. He comes to the plate. A high curve, too close. Ball one. Jerry has two hits. And he lined into a double play, and uh, he had a walk thrown in. Matter of fact, uh, he batted in first run and scored the second for New York. That came in the uh, eighth inning. Yankees scored their first and the third, and the field for sixth and the seventh. But a great opportunity wiped out in the ninth. One-on-one count to Coleman. The delivery, the swing, a fly ball toward deep left center field. Moving over for the ball. Can't get it. Being close. Shallow, and the ball dropped in between Ashburn and Jackie Mayo in left center field, and Jerry Coleman thus becomes the hitting hero of the New York Yankees, who consequently sweep the first three games of the World Series all by one run margin. One to nothing, two to one, and three to two. And Russ Meyer, of course, is a very, very unhappy person right now as he slopes toward the dugout and gives his outfielders a dark look. Two speedy men, Mayo and Ashburn, could not catch up with the ball. So the winning run is scored and is earned with two out. One run, three hits, no errors, and two men left on. The New York Yankees, three runs, seven hits, no errors. The Phillies, two runs, ten hits, two errors. The winning pitcher is Ferrick. The losing pitcher is Meyer. A great ball game brought with consistent drills all afternoon, but the big break came when Hannah erred in the eighth to allow the tying run to score, and the Yanks wiped out a big Phil threat in the top of the ninth. And that's all she wrote before 64,505 this afternoon on Gillette's Cavalcade of Sports.